You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. So today we're reviewing Talk to Me, uh, which is actually a 2022 Australian supernatural horror film, but it came out in the U.S. um, at the Sundance Film Festival in January 2023. Now, it had a wide release in theaters um, on the 27th of July, uh, I believe, over here. So it's kind of one of those movies that had a very small budget and uh, turned out to sort of be a staggered release over the course of time. But in the spirit of new movies, this is a new movie. And since it came over to the States uh, in 2023 and it's current, we're considering it part of our summer blockbuster extravaganza. Anyway, uh, the background details of Talk to Me are that it was made for four and a half million dollars. And so far, it's seen a return of thirty six and a half million dollars. I have been informed by my friend who I saw this with, Aaron, that Uh, This movie is actually getting a prequel because it was successful. Um, And we can talk about that in just a little bit, but something has already been slated for another release within what is now going to be a series. Anyway, um, Talk to Me actually has a pretty interesting story, and I'll get into that um, a little bit after this. But it stars not huge talent right now. They may be known a little bit more over in Australia, but uh, this film is directed by two people. Uh, Danny and Michael uh, Filippo, and um, it stars Sophie Wilde, Alexandra Jensen, Joe Bird, Otis Danji, Miranda Otto, and Zoe Tarekis. So yeah, a lot of these people on here are young up-and-coming actors. So at the end of the day, we've seen a lot of movies with a pretty star-studded cast. It was kind of, it was kind of nice to see something that is uh, more grassroots, if you could say. Um, We've seen plenty of horror films, and this movie is no exception to, you know, one of the critically lauded ones that uh, come out, especially over the course of the summer. But that is a little bit of the background information. Do you have a synopsis pulled up for us? I do. When a group of friends discovers how to conjure spirits by using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. All right. Great write up there. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and you just got out of this film, right? No, no, I watched it yesterday. Okay, gotcha. You just got yeah. out of Meg. Right, which is next week's episode, but yeah. Because apparently us going to the movies this summer is never going to end. Yeah, right? I mean, like we were mentioning before, we might be uh, the single biggest supporters of uh, the Hollywood blockbuster season right now. So uh, we are doing this for all of the audiences who have... Uh, curious questions about the films that are coming out this summer um but yeah either way um i was convinced to go see this uh by a buddy of mine um i mentioned aaron and you know we had seen the trailer and everything as we (laughs) see a million with every single movie these days and i was like you know what it seems like a good enough time i like horror movies as we always do and uh it seems like something that's fresh enough and well enough reviewed that i'll go see it so i don't really have many expectations going in even though I don't remember being very impressed by the trailer at all. But, um, you know, I was willing to give it a shot, like uh, most of the movies that, you know, we go ahead and 
uh, see here. And I'm curious to see what it was like for you going in as well. Yeah. Well, I think I had mentioned to you uh, offline that I have seen this trailer a few times and I was really not impressed. I, I thought, oh no, another Ouija board game, or at least that's what I thought. That's how I interpreted the, the trailer. And I think also I've said on this pod that after watching Evil Dead Rise and then The Boogeyman, and maybe there was one other horror movie, mm -hmm. I was really getting jaded on horror movies because unlike you, especially for Evil Dead, I was really disappointed in both of those films. So I went into this um, knowing it had received it's receiving very very strong reviews i think it's like 95 percent on the tomato meter by critics mm -hmm. and then yesterday i think I, I texted you this right as i was literally walking into the into the theater that i saw in an article on usatoday.com the top 15 movies horror movies of the summer of the year so far of 2023 mm -hmm. and and I kept thinking, oh, good, I hope Talk To Me is in this group. And as I was scrolling, it wasn't 15, it wasn't 12, it wasn't 8, it wasn't 4. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's not even on this list. And then it's number one. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, good luck. Uh, I hope it I hope it can meet those, those expectations that it's just set for me. So I wasn't really excited about going into this, largely because of the trailer and my the malaise I've sort of entered with uh, horror movies. Mm -hmm. But because it was so well received and because you had seen it uh, recently, I thought, well, you know what? It's 95 minutes. How bad can it be? So that is how I entered the theater yesterday. Yeah, that's a very uh, that's a very you thing to say. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm glad that the runtime didn't, you know, overextend itself. And uh, to be honest, I do have to uh, give some credit to my co-host here. When we're watching movies, occasionally we'll watch something completely different from the other. And we're going to be like, okay, you're going to be watching this. So my dad said that for the Haunted Mansion, for myself, for uh, Talk To Me. We worked out that deal as well. We're coming together on the Meg that we're both going to see it. So um, would also like to let you know that after the Meg, uh, that's going to be that, that's going to be the end of our uh, sort of summer of going to the theater. Because to be honest, like it. You know, I, I think if there's anything that uh, we've learned from here, you really don't have to see everything that's coming out. And um, that was a great time during MoviePass. But when uh, MoviePass doesn't exist and Regal Unlimited is kind of the option for you where you have to go a little bit out of your way, uh, perhaps it's just not so much of a factor anymore. But that aside, it has been nice sort of taking the time to do that again because it's been a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. Regardless. Let me, let me just I'm sorry. Let me just add, you and I love to go to the movies. There's no doubt about that. And your oh, yeah. mom go to any movie. So she's always game. Now I went to see Talk to Be by myself because one, that's not her genre. And two, she was working. And three, it was just how it worked into my schedule. But um, yeah, we love going to movies and we love movies. It's just that when you're seeing two a weekend and you're squeezing them in, in the midst of, you know, other, other things that we have to do in life, it's just sort of like it can get, you know, okay. So We'll we'll finish out the summer. We will have a, an end of summer, maybe Labor Day-ish review or assessment of the summer movies that have been. Uh, and then we'll transition to, as you mentioned, Tarantino films via streaming, perhaps. But for the purposes of this pod, I absolutely am looking forward to discussing our opinions of Talk to Me with one another and for our listeners. Yeah, great. Um, so one of the unique aspects about this film is that uh, the directors here are actually uh, horror YouTubers. Uh, they run a channel called uh, Raka Raka, 
Uh, it's a horror comedy YouTube channel. So I think it's kind of cool that we're seeing people who weren't necessarily um, born into the industry or groomed to be part of uh, Hollywood's, you know, next horror directors. I kind of like how they took their success on sort of, I guess, a more vilified platform of being a content creator and uh, becoming, you know, uh, people who can wield a six million dollar budget uh, on a brand new horror movie. I think that's pretty cool. And I do appreciate that that's sort of what happened with this film. However, even though I do appreciate what came behind it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the movie is automatically good. But I haven't shared my opinion yet. I am curious to hear what you thought of Talk to Me. I, I really want to ask you the question I ask you almost every week, but I'm not going to do that for the benefit of our audience. And that question is, Noah, what did you think I thought of this movie? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might, um, I, I, I'm just going to say this. I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I kind of liked it. Uh, I thought it was relatively refreshing. I thought the lead performance was outstanding. I thought... Um, I, I, there are a lot of things to talk about, but overall, this was without doubt. And, and maybe some of it is because I went into it with very low expectations, but then again, knowing it was so highly rated, I, I don't think I could completely separate that. This was a pretty good movie. I, I, I was, I was really into it for the first hour completely. And I have to say upon reflection, it's been about 24 hours since I've watched it. This is a cut above the rest. This is this is pretty well done. I was I was impressed. Wow. Okay, great. Yeah, I would have thought so Aaron and I were actually talking about what we thought your opinion would be last night. <laughs> and um yeah, we uh, actually had opposite ideas of what you would think here, especially since you were kind of for lack of a better term, uh forced into seeing this movie, but uh, um, I was. Yeah, I I think that I, I think that's really good to hear because Aaron also mentioned to me that you said during one podcast that you're looking for that good, perfect horror film. And this is probably not it for you, but this is not it. No, you're on the search. And it's nice because we both love the genre, but I feel like you end up disliking far more than you like here. So it's it's a good thing to um, it, it's a good thing to hear that you enjoyed this, especially if it's getting uh, critical praise as well, because honestly, I think you and I saw the Babadook. We saw um, sure. a couple other films that were highly praised as well. We just didn't get it. So, yeah. No. Well, that's good to hear. Anyway, what I thought of Talk to Me, I thought it was all right. Um, pretty good film. Honestly, I think I've kind of seen a lot of elements, as is the case with every horror movie I pretty much see, um, and a lot of other movies. Um, I thought it was, despite that fact, I thought it was an original enough concept with an intriguing uh, premise and... To be honest, there were some very intense moments in this film. However, I just also didn't feel like that much really happened throughout the movie. Um, There's one big event that kind of sets off a chain of what happens next. But I do think some characters get a little bit lost in the mix. And um, it appears that occasionally the movie is maybe not trying to be scary, but more mysterious. I can't tell what tone it's trying to strike. But um, that said... You know, this is better than your average uh, horror movie. Um, it's shot very well. The production design is actually great for four and a half million dollars. And I think there's a lot of confident and assured direction from first time feature filmmakers here. So that's impressive to see on its own. It also had the backing of A24 uh, uh, movies. 
And A24 has been uh, known for more of their artsy or critically acclaimed horror films. So there was a lot of that in here. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I didn't think it was amazing. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was like I, I thought it was kind of in the middle. It's above average. It's good, but it's not great, in my opinion. So I thought it was, if anything, fine to good. Yeah, I, I as I said, I would agree. I, I think Sophie Wilde, who is the lead in this, mm-hmm. was incredible incredibly believable uh, oh, yeah. and very effective. Um, I also thought that Miranda Otto as um, uh, the mom, uh, mm-hmm. Jade's mom, uh, Jade and Riley's mom was also very effective. So I felt like there were some performances here that, that felt re- reasonably authentic. I mean, let's be honest. There are, there are things I'm not sure I completely understood. And I was thinking really why, but that's a horror movie, right? Show me a horror movie when at least once I don't think to myself, really that's happening or Mm. they said that then then that if i don't say that then that's the perfect horror movie but i think for the most part and again given my expectations this was um this was better than most and and i will say that i i was of course not scared by it but it was fun and there were some interesting scenes i mean early on at that party you know let's face it uh we'll get into that and into spoilers but you know there was some um there were times in the film I was like, whoa, you know, and I like that, you know, I don't know how many jump scares there were necessarily, but there were some scenes that things that I did not expect ha- to happen did happen. And that alone makes it worth wa- my watching. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's uh, I think that's well pointed out there. All right. Um, do you have anything else to say about the movie before we go ahead and move into spoilers? Nope, I'm ready for spoilers. All right. Sounds like a plan. Do you want to give our warning or would you like me to? Let me do it. So if you are a regular listener or if you've never listened before, this is the point at which we're going to start going into details on the story. So if you are interested in seeing this film, and I do recommend you see this film, um, then maybe you want to stop here. But the most important thing is not to watch the movie, but to come back and listen to what we think about the movie based on what we're going to share or what we're going to spoil. So remember, this is spoiler territory. You have been warned. Okay. No. All right. Yeah. Um, on the one hand, I think uh, one of the trends I've noticed in horror movies over the past five years or so is that um, the young actresses who lead these movies are really, really good. And I feel like Agreed. they haven't necessarily been given their due outside of the genre as much. Granted, I think you pigeonhole yourself a little bit when you act in a horror movie, but it also does take time. Um, yeah, I thought the female actresses were just really, really strong in this film. And overall, I mean, all the performances were pretty good. We even had a a guy who appeared to be 13 or 14, who may have been 17 in real life, but he was a convincing uh, actor himself. And I thought there was a really good uh, and believable brother, sister, protector um, sort of atmosphere to this film. And um, a little bit of paranoia along the way. There is some mystery and there's a couple things that are left intentionally vague, I think probably for the better, which is why I'm a little bit concerned about what this prequel might be. Because, you know, when you add a prequel, it just kind of gives all the background information and context that was perhaps better left unsaid. But um, yeah, there was an intriguing premise here. And the idea, of course, is that essentially there's a medium's hand and it is... um, it's got all these words written all over it. And I guess it's been um, passed into some type of uh, passed into some type of material 
So it's essentially like a uh, ceramic Manic hand. hand. Yeah. Yeah, 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 something like that. And if you uh, essentially shake the hand and say, talk to me, you will see people from the other side, essentially. Um, so either lost souls, grieving souls, dead souls, anything like that. And uh, if you ask it to let, to you, if you invite it to, if you invite it to let itself uh, in you, then you'll be, I guess, possessed to some extent. And that must be a huge thrill for some people. Um, because it causes you to act erratically and everybody has a different reaction to it. Um, yeah, definitely some interesting stuff there. But I think that premise alone is pretty cool. And I don't think they overdid it. But at the same time, I think it's just kind of like, it's, I, I had a little bit of trouble understanding the dynamic of the group. It seemed like they were all friends at one time and then one person didn't like the other. And I wasn't really sure where that was going. And they kind of throw that drama to the side and uh, in favor of the bigger issue. But I also think that some characters in this movie, they leave like two thirds of the way through the movie and are entirely gone for the third act. And I'm kind of just thinking to myself, well, they started this whole thing and they're kind of just like, yeah, we don't want anything to do with it. Just go ahead and burn it. All that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, OK, well, um, they never really see any resolution they leave and they're just kind of completely gone. So I thought that was a little bit random, but um, there's a, there's one scene in this movie that is the big one. And I think we can both agree that it was pretty intense um, when the kid uh, did the, did the hand. And I thought that was, um, I thought that was pretty interesting. What do you have to say? Yeah, I completely agree. So he was presumably 14 years old in the in the in the film and he was the younger brother of one of the main characters and and uh yeah, essentially so you, what you forgot to say was there's a period of time that they've established that you can be under the spell or be possessed and then you have to blow out the candle and pull the 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 hand away from the the person who is under the spell kind of thing. And so the younger kid against everyone's um, better idea, he insisted on being, you know, uh, possessed. Thank you. Possessed. I was going to say obsessed. And <laughs> uh, he he emerges from it. He doesn't emerge from it. He actually becomes violent, self-violent, self-mutilating and starts banging his head against things. And that was really a turning point for the film. And of course, then you're you're left with guilt and you're left with uh it the film starts to go in a little bit of a different no in a lot of a different direction at that point in time and that's when it got a little unwieldy for me because i wasn't quite sure how sophie the main character she started seeing her her mother who maybe committed suicide or maybe took too many sleeping pills accidentally i i, I was i was a little bit uh, unsure of exactly what it was presenting to me but the way it was presenting it to me was effective enough visually for me to 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 go in on it yeah so obviously a big part of this film is grief and um we have seen grief a lot loss grief and loss yeah we yeah. have seen a lot of that and um stuff like smile barbarian um just sort of that kind of stuff or um i mean even in the babadook that's been more of a horror trend and hereditary over the past four to five years or so and Would you call it a horror trope uh perhaps it is a trope but okay. i think that that Not is very winning <laughs> i think that is an important thing to explore in horror movies regardless because i mean essentially 
I mean, that's kind of one of the emotions that comes with the genre. But um, yeah, I think the idea is her mother um, intentionally overdosed and uh, she was led to believe that it wasn't like that. So she was grappling with that in her mind and then her mother visited her and was saying, no, I would never do that to you. But obviously, you know, that's the thing that you want to hear. But the reality of life can be a lot less, um, a lot less kind. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. I thought the scene where she ended up just like, you know, getting after his foot uh, was kind of weird, but it was, uh, you know, I guess if you're possessed by something, then I, I, perhaps uh, nothing is off the table, really. But um, yeah, also by the same token, her father, she stabbed her father and it seemed like he was out for the count. But I think it's suggested at the end that he when she becomes um well, we'll talk about that in depth a little bit more later. He exits this world in an elevator, and I believe that represents him surviving. Um, and okay. that was that was kind of interesting to me because I was just like, well, that didn't really even need to happen. But um, yeah, continue uh, with what you were talking about here and just sort of those themes as well. Yeah. So let me ask this. So are you suggesting that the film implied that the, maybe did more than imply that the mother did not um, uh, commit suicide, but the mother over um, overdosed on the sleeping pills to get away from her father, her husband? No. So what I'm suggesting oh. is her mother had some mental health issues and yeah. um, she she kind of intentionally took too many pills, but at, she realized before her death that she actually didn't want that. And she was yeah. scared as she was, um, as she was passing okay. and her, okay. and then her um, husband uh, was the one to sort of see that right in front of him. And like, right. she essentially said, I actually didn't want this. So it's, it goes to show how powerful a tool uh, of depression and grief can be and what it can lead you to do, but it may not be exactly what you want in the end. It's kind of like your own, it's kind of like your own mind gaslighting you, which is a big part, which is a big part of this movie because you don't really know what's real and what's not. And yeah, I think exactly. a huge toll on a teenager uh, such as the lead. So I thought that was fascinating to sort of go ahead and see. And I thought that was done relatively well. There's a little bit of the sixth sense in this film. Um, you know, just, if for those who have, I won't go into the sixth sense at this point in time, but I'll just say there are some elements of that because um, you don't, there are people walking around who are in the real world as opposed to the sort of ethereal world uh, or the the demon world, what have you. But Riley, the main character who self-inflicts harm, um, is being possessed by, by demons who really are, are going to try to keep him. And so he has an episode in the hospital again, which is pretty significant, and he's pretty, pretty far gone. And then uh, Sophie, the main character, who is sort of like, you know, her Riley's sister's best friend, mm -hmm. and they have a really strong relationship. She decides that she's got to save him. And so in doing so, she takes him out of the hospital into a wheelchair, uh, in a wheelchair, gets ready to drop him in the uh, on the highway, mm. right off this hill. And what it clearly shows is that she sacrifices herself for Riley. Yeah. Right? Well, okay. you know, I'm not entirely sure if she sac. I think she thought she was doing the right thing by getting him out of that hospital. And she's like, she was told by her mother to end 
Riley suffering. So basically she was being goaded by this spirit who of her mother who did not have her best interests and saying, you'll release him from all this pain, all this kind of stuff. And she intended to do that. But it turns out that she actually um, she wound up getting hit by a car and she essentially and then she was put she died. She was put into um, right. the, she after, the, the afterlife the world. world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's kind of a cool thing that's vague in this movie. But I would have liked to learn a little bit more, I think, about the difference between what's on one side and the other side, because you see Riley being tortured by these um demons essentially like on the other side and then you're just kind of like oh okay that's what he's going through right now but you know he's in the hospital and everything i have to admit that scene with him getting possessed and it going over the top where he his face started getting smashed in that was wild um in the hospital or before at the no, party before uh when he when he went yeah. too long with the possession i thought that was um I, I thought that was pretty crazy and it reminds me of smile in that one scene where she had that public freak out at the party um yeah, yeah. With a cat, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> but, um, the movie. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's interesting enough stuff to be explored here. But at the end of the day, some of it drags a little bit. The pacing isn't bad, but the movie isn't always interesting. It has no. interesting ideas and concepts, and a lot of the time it does things pretty well. But I think it's also guilty of being slightly too vague not knowing to do with some of the characters that are introduced and then ultimately suggesting quite a few things that don't ever really get explored. But on its on its face, it's a concise film that does a good enough job of just being pretty skillfully directed with some pretty ambitious ideas. And I did appreciate that sort of original concept because we have seen possession movies before. We have seen afterlife movies, this and that. I see dead people, all that deal. But um, this film was able to wield itself in a way that was a little bit better than the average, the average movie and its genre. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was fresh enough. It was interesting enough. I think you're com- you're completely right. I mean, there were times when once Riley entered the hospital, it, it, the pacing sort of uh, slowed down, and I wasn't sure. It felt a little disjointed, but at the same time, I thought by the end regardless of what happened, whether it was intentional that she sacrificed herself or whether she, you know, uh, that was effective and that all of a sudden Riley is fine and Riley is going home with his sister and his mother. Uh, And then of course we cut to the scene to another party and here's the hand because the hand has been passed along and somebody, you know, uh, says, talk to me and she's the spirit. Yeah. That's the end. Right. Yeah, so um, cool ending in that sort of way. Cool ending, but you're right. I had read that there was going to be a sequel, not a prequel. But either way, you know how I am. I I I like this movie well enough not to have it ruined for me. It doesn't need to be the talk to me universe, right? It just needs to give me a good time for 95 minutes. And I was quite surprised by what a pleasant time I had, <laughs> which is a weird thing to say in a horror movie. But... <laughs> You you don't you don't want it to become I did. the I liked it. you don't want it to become the TTMCU. No, I do not. <laughs> I do not. Yeah, fair enough. I don't need these universes. I don't need you know. Uh, yeah, it was fine. It, it, it certainly uh, certainly a film. I was glad I saw. How's that? 
Well, I'm I'm glad because at the yeah. end of the day, the best thing you can say about a movie is that you justified your trip and your purchase. Um, and if it met your expectations or went slightly above, that's even better. So yeah. um, let me be clear, though these these two movies, I went locally, I spent less money, I went to the matinee, so it was all good. And and honestly, had uh you not had seen this, had you not seen this, I would not have gone to see it. And I'm kind of glad I did because it's the kind of movie that. Um, was maybe in part because I had such low expectations, but because the trailer wasn't really very effective for me. And I had seen so many other horror movies in the last 12 months that have had me a little bit jaded. I think all of those things resulted in this being quite a nice surprise. So Noah, on a scale of one to five Zs, what are you giving 2022's Australian horror soon to be classic? Talk to me. Um, I'm giving Talk to Me three Zs. Um, I think it does a good job of being above uh, an average horror movie, as I've mentioned before. Uh, it has a few ideas and pacing issues that are a little bit lost in the mix with some characters as well. But it's an impressive first-time effort from uh, two passionate horror fans who are content creators themselves. And I think that makes a statement as to how horror is a very accessible genre and um there's going to be different types of horror movies, but this one does at least try to do something a little bit more original. It's not perfect, but it's certainly um, it, it's certainly pretty good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm giving it three Z's as well. It was a, a nice surprise uh, in terms of the horror genre and kind of a subtle way to ease my way into the conclusion of summer. Um, I'd be surprised if I'll see another... Um, horror film as strong as this one for the remainder of the year we'll see well, we've got october coming up so who knows what's coming out around then but um yeah compare like this it. to the haunted mansion compare this to the haunted mansion much better but right. um yeah anyway all right perfect so we've talked a little bit about um talk to me we've reviewed it and we appreciate you listening to that let's go ahead and move into our um check it out section for today now um would you like to go first would you like me to sure i'll go first and for exchange i do not have a tv show i have a podcast i discovered yesterday so you know i do a lot of um uh well i won't say i do a lot of running these days i will be back to it but i do a lot of walking a lot of uh, elliptical a lot of movement and therefore i'm constantly listening to podcasts and i am really caught up on a lot of my podcasts so i was looking for a new one yesterday and i found one that i thought was really interesting and one that i think you'd like noah it's called across the spoiler verse hmm. and it sounds like it's a guy from australia and a guy from the u.s and they you know it's long episodes over an hour but uh, ultimately, they're talking about the entertainment industry and really focused on this episode that I listened to or I'm still listening to talks about the status of Wonder Woman, the status of, uh, you know, uh, the the writer strike and the actor strike and who's been canceled and and the future of the Fantastic Four and the Marvel MCU and all that sort of thing. So it's got a lot. You know, I haven't listened to other episodes, but I think it's something you'd like because it it doesn't just spoil movies, right? It talks about the industry, uh, box office uh, success or failures, you know, that sort of thing. But also just in general, going in depth on a number of topics that are things that you and I would enjoy. So anyway, spoiler verse, uh, I discovered it on Apple Podcasts. Check it out. Uh, that's a pretty good suggestion. Yeah, I definitely watch a lot of video essays on YouTube or listen to a lot of video essays on YouTube that cover very similar things because I think one of the big topics uh, right now is 
uh, I think Hollywood is going through a major change up and shake up in terms of um, making overblown budgets. And uh, much like the 60s, it's kind of collapsing on itself a little bit with the returns that they're making. And I think this could be a really great uh, time to go back to mid-budget films or smaller budget films and make really creative endeavors um, moving forward. So either way, that is a big topic of conversation. And I know that... uh, let me just say here, I think what you just said is 100% going to happen. The, the studios are not going to get away with making $350 million films anymore. There were two or three or four this summer that are simply not going to make that anywhere near that um, in some of the biggest tentpole films that we've talked about. So they just can't afford to do that um, because the, the the public appetite for these is really waning. Yeah, and it's, it's funny too because this last Indiana Jones movie – um, with its budget, no Indiana Jones movie uh, before it, I think even adjusted for inflation, could have even hoped to actually have uh, broken even here. I mean, they were asking for more than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and that was the comeback movie after years and years and years. So that's another conversation entirely. But we've been seeing a lot of $250, $300 million budgets and up, and it's just who – I know there's Hollywood accounting methods, but it's like who thinks that's actually going to work? That's a right. conversation for another day. All right. Um. So my check it out for this week. I actually watched this movie on Friday night. Uh, it's called Green Room, and um, I am kind of hesitant to get into the plot because I don't know if I can use. Uh... Okay. So it's a movie starring Anton Yelchin. Um, he died when he was twenty seven. Uh, he played in uh, the Star Trek movies, and you'd recognize his face. Um, he's a really good actor, and he's one of the leads in this movie. But this movie features multiple leads. Um, Patrick Stewart's also in this movie, and I don't want to say exactly the group of people that they're dealing with, but it's about a band who gets a show slot at a certain place, and they witness the wrong thing, and these people are already kind of society's rejects as it is, um, and a lot goes wrong after that. It's a really interesting setup and I don't want to reveal exactly what the group of people is and everything about the movie, but it's a fascinating horror thriller and it has no supernatural elements, no monsters, nothing like that. It's all realistic in terms of how paranoia inducing that situation would be. And I watched it eight years ago and I liked it. I watched it again and I definitely appreciate it. It's a really good movie. And, um, Honestly, it was, I think it was uh, kind of forgotten about, but critics love it. I really like it. It's uh, very gripping. And I think in the style of the invitation, which I love so much, this one would probably be more your speed because it's, I mean, it moves at a mile a minute. It's, it's something else. So I, I definitely thought that that was worth checking out for audiences who might be interested in a lesser known, but very well-made movie that is. Just Did you watch it on HBO Max? I sorry, did. did you watch yeah, yeah. I just bought it. I just looked it up and just saw that it's on Max because I'll probably want to watch it soon. Yeah, I will say um, it's not like grotesquely violent, but there's, um, you know, there's parts that can make you a little bit squeamish there, but it's not it's not excessive. It's just it's real life stuff with uh, dangerous people. So I'll I'll say that much. It's It's worth watching. So check it out. Green Room came out in 2015 or 2016. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Well, thank you so much for listening to another week of our podcast. This was Talk To Me. Uh, we will be doing the Meg 2, The Trench, next week because you just saw it. And I'm about to- I just came from the theater about a half hour ago. Yep. Yeah. 45 minutes. We'll move forward uh, the week after with basically the best movies that we saw this summer. Kind of a little yep. wrap-up episode as we do a send-off. But in the nature of a send-off, I'm Noah. I'm Greg.
And this is easy talk.